time of the pod, baby. How y'all doing? Years almost over. Crazy things are happening in the words of Thames. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it is what it is. So I'm just about to, you know, I was about to head to sleep, but there's a couple things I wanted to get off my chest. And you know what we do here? We talk about it. So let's talk about it. You know what I'm saying? So what are the things I'm going to talk about within the next hour? I'm going to talk about uh, this whole Tory Lanez main thing because I, I, I spoke about it on past episodes. I'm going to talk about it. Harry Cavill um, no longer being part of the DCU. We're going to talk about it. Um, and apart from that, we're going to talk about some AI, chat GPT, AI shit. So I'm going to make sure that we, we get it within the hour because I don't want to stretch it too long. Pause. <laughs> anyway, let's start off with this Henry Cavill thing because this is something I was just reading and looking into and shit. I want to say um, a big fuck you to uh, James Gunn real quick. Now, um, I've realized increasingly on the internet and in real life, people don't know what they want. They think they do. They think they know what they want. They think they know what's good. They think that they have the answers to whatever. But it's become increasingly more and more obvious that people don't know anything. So let me put something in context for you. If you go to ask your average casual person on Twitter or a person who is like not super knowledgeable about movies, but they might know the name of a director, they're going to tell you that the DCEU was destroyed by Zack Snyder. They still blame Snyder. Snyder did three movies. There's a whole freaking Forbes article dedicated to outlining his involvement of like within the DCU, what he was hired to do, why he was there. I entreat you to go and read that because I don't have the time to go through every single detail, but go and read it. It's a long ass article, but it outlines everything. You have people who claim to be like movie knowledgeable people saying this stupid shit and it can't be further from the truth. When you look at the movies that did the most financially well, it was uh, James Wan, and Zack Snyder's movies and Asterix's Patty Jenkins because really that was a Snyder movie but with her at the home. Those movies that he was involved with that fell under his plan are the movies that did financially well. Ranging from between like 600 million to 1 billion. He was involved in Aquaman. He was in a he was named as an executive producer or producer or whatever in those movies you can easily look that up and even let's say he wasn't involved with that everything else he was involved with did financially well the first superman movie did more than 600 mil batman v superman you know the theatrical version is lackluster but i I like the extended version um it did very well zack snyder's justice league i've seen people say that it didn't break even the numbers are not out so I can't say it. it, but according to certain sources, it was deemed a success. That is the, the, the truth. In physical copies, it did about 16 million in physical copies from what I've read. Um, you can look it up. If you can find the financials, you can let me know, I guess. However, like, to pretend as if um, 
Zack Snyder is the reason everything messed up, was messed up because of two movies, then that's like saying uh, Josh Whedon messed up the freaking MCU because that first Avengers movie was not really that good. It's not really that great of a movie it w- if you take the hype away from that. A movie where there's a whole invasion and not, not a single building is destroyed is good, okay. Um, the first two Avengers movies, uh, the second one wasn't that good either. The first Thor movie was trash. The second one, some people didn't like it. I actually personally kind of like it and think it is one of the better ones. But it's not that great of a movie. The first, uh, the first Avenger, which is not even, I'm not talking about the first Avenger, it's the first Avenger, uh, Captain America. That was a shitty movie. That wasn't a good movie, and we don't blame Easy. We don't blame those people, but it's like he's now a scapegoat for everything that is wrong with the DCU. When those movies made more than the same, like if you take the same amount of time it take, took to release those, like the first number of movies that they were re- releasing from DC and the first number from Marvel, you can see that DC made more movies within the like first six movies. Then Marvel made with their first six movies. If you add up all the, 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 the um, if you add up all the numbers, Aries Quinones did that, and then he got dragged to it, and people were saying stuff like, "Oh well, it's because uh, it's, it's because um, uh, Marvel set the stage for it, so that's why these no, no, that's like saying um, it's because iPhones came out first, so Androids." Uh, uh, sell more as uh, where it would sell more within a certain time because that doesn't make any freaking sense. If you like a brand and a brand establishes a certain trend, that doesn't mean that the next one that comes after it is automatically going to take off. Otherwise, knockoffs of brands would always succeed, and that's not how it works. When it comes to the comic books, a lot of times you find that Marvel came at like a lot of Marvel properties and IPs are copies of DC is vice versa really but you find that uh you don't it doesn't matter who does it first it's, it's who does it better and you find that a lot of people determine what is good by themselves and whatever and they determine what is good by themselves and whatever they like is what they support so you can't make the argument that um, it's it's uh, because Marvel set the stage and that's why automatically the DCU was able to do well and this, this and that. It's because people like those movies and those IPs already had some popularity outside of the universe. People also forget that the Superman movie that came out before Man of Steel was a flop. The Superman movie that came out before Man of Steel. Let me let me Google that real quick. Return of Superman. Return of Superman. All right, we just did the Googles. So Return, uh, Superman Returns is what it is, rather. Superman Returns. So we just did the little Googles. And when you look at Superman Returns, it did uh, pretty poorly. As is a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, which we don't we don't give a fuck about Rotten Tomatoes. Our audience score is 61. 
74 on Rotten Tomatoes. Most people will tell you it didn't do very well. Let's look at the financials for it as well. Um, let's see if we can get Superman. This is Superman Returns. What was the box office number? Let's go and check real quick. All right, so the budget was $204 million. The box office was 391. Don't use the fact that, uh, people did not know that um, a Man of Steel was going to set up a, a cinematic universe. So its performance is is also coming after a Nolan trilogy that grossed over a billion dollars. So you can't use the fact that uh, Marvel movies were making this and that. No, Man of Steel did better than this movie with us slightly higher budget with a slightly higher budget than this yet it managed to uh, may do more than double the numbers here's also the history of that movie it was written by christopher nolan people keep saying it's shitty writing because there's stigma when it comes to snyder but they don't know jack shit the reason why uh people hate on that movie is just because people want to hate on snyder they don't know jack shit it was written by um david goyer and christopher nolan and people also say the writing of bvs was a problem it was written by david goyer and uh chris terrio chris terrio came in at the behest of uh of uh, ben affleck because ben affleck was asked to join so it's even what happened in that movie it was the script was retooled and repurposed with ideas from Ben Affleck. It wasn't fully under Snyder's control, but people don't read, they don't listen, they don't learn, they just have an idea, and it's, oh, Snyder, Snyder ruined everything, and they're in the comments like little gremlins tarnishing an innocent man's name because they don't understand jack shit. You know what I'm saying? It's subjective, you know? If you like a movie, you like it. You don't like it, you don't like it. But this was considered a box office bomb. And people did not want to touch Superman as an IP. They don't want it after the animated series, which only had 54 episodes. And then you had the unlimited and whatever. People didn't want to touch Superman as an IP. People didn't like Superman. People don't like Superman. The idea that people like Superman is a recent phenomenon. Because you know what? Zack Snyder made him a likable character with his directing. If we're going to give him the flack, we're going to give him the praise. Zack Snyder made him a likable character. You know it's Chris Terrio, uh, not Chris Terrio, it's Christopher Nolan, David Goyer, and Zack Snyder, who all deserve the credit for that. Warner, Warner Bros. was uh, brought in Christopher Nolan, and they wanted him to direct the Superman movie. This is what happened. They wanted him to direct the Superman movie and do what he did for Batman because Batman had had some issues before the Dark Knight trilogy came around. They wanted him to do some stuff to make the character more likable. Instead of um, him being the director, he wrote the screenplay with the help of David Esquire. I don't know exactly why both of them were on it, but they were both on it. Him and David Dwyer came up with the the idea, some of the ideas and stuff. Snyder had a little bit of twists and like the next snap thing that was all Snyder, according to what I read. 
So, he came in, um, they made this movie, and it did well. It did pretty well. But they were expecting it to do a billion dollars or or how much ever money they were expecting it to do. Which is not, not logical given the fact that I don't think any Superman movie has grossed a billion dollars. Um, I might be wrong. I might stand corrected. But I don't think there's a single Superman movie that has grossed a billion dollars. So when people also come in and say um, that uh, Superman... Let me, let me check the... I want to check the Superman film series. I think... It's not Superman. How much did it gross? In, okay, no. This is like the older Superman. Anyway. This Superman... I don't think Super any Superman movie has grossed a billion dollars. And people say that Superman... And... Uh, uh, Batman being on this big screen for the big time, first time, should have gro- grossed a billion dollars. And what world are you living in? This is not. This is a new Superman and a new Batman. This is the second time this Superman is in a movie, and it's not his own, which was a huge mistake. Huge mistake. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was. It, it was a horrible, horrible mistake. Um, let me I'm trying to read what's going on. So, even though it was the ninth highest grossing film of 2006, Warner Bros. was disappointed with the worldwide box office return of the film, canceling it. And came out with Man of Steel. I think Man of Steel is the highest grossing Superman movie of all time. The film was received with mixed reviews who were divided on Cavill's performance as Superman. It grossed 668 billion, becoming the ninth highest grossing film of 2013. Wow, they always end up being the ninth highest. Uh, yeah. It, even the budget might have been the budget might have been less than the Brandon Ralph uh, than the Brandon Ralph rendition. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah. So they brought in um, Christopher Nolan. David Osgoy. They did their thing. Um, and I think this was the highest. Grossing Superman movie. Um, uh, oh shit. Yeah. I cannot. I really want to find out. How much the okay so okay this is the Superman film series. Do we have the price and the amount that that I made? Okay, all right, then let's go. So Superman, nineteen eighty-seven. It grossed three hundred million. Wow. Superman two. Grossed 190 million. Okay. Superman 3, 80 million. Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, 36.7 million. So, all in all, the most profitable Superman movie of all time 
is the one that we got with Zack Snyder, written by Christopher Nolan, and David Boy, played by Henry Cavill. And for some reason, with a string of, like, even if, maybe if we adjust for inflation, then the first Superman movie might have made more money than the Zack Snyder version. But if you don't adjust for inflation, and you just look at the raw numbers so far, what we're looking at is... Zack Snyder is being the highest grossing Superman of all time. Um, live action Superman of all time. Whew. That is that is something. Funny enough, let's also look at one thing. So David Gunn or James Gunn or whatever his name is, James Gunn, is now the head of the, the of uh, DC Studios. Take take a guess as to which property he dealt with and which property was the worst grossing DC movie in the DCEU it's his but he's the head of how does that even make sense he's directed a Superman movie before <laughs> if you want to call it that Brightburn Brightburn was his for all the people who hate uh, the dark brooding Superman, he made the ultimate emo boy Superman. And that's not, I'm not even trying to shit on, on the guy. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is a decent movie. It, it's a decent series. I think it, it because it's connected to the MCU, it's given a lot more leeway than it deserves because there's a lot of cringe like in relation to that. But he you take Guardians of the Galaxy out and you can go to Rotten Tomatoes or go to any other site you want and you go and look at his track record he doesn't have a track record of making films that bring in a lot of money he doesn't have a track record outside of the MCU of making films that got, like gross a lot of money because if you go and check, type in James like let's go to Rotten Tomatoes because that's where I went to before. All right, I'm gonna go to Rotten Tomatoes, and then I'm going to. I'm just gonna check. I'm just gonna type his name in here. All right. So James Gunn. So he, uh, all right. So they gave Guardians of the Galaxy a holiday special. Okay. So volume two has eighty-five on. Damn. He made Slither. I had no fucking idea that he made Slither. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, he's, I think he's more of a horror dude then. Well, anyway, we're not talking about Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes, man. People put too much stake into Rotten Tomatoes. Let's look at the let's look at the money. Okay. 
it's a, he, he makes some fun movies, but let's look at the the, the the money, how much money it grossed. Even the second Guardians of the Galaxy made 389 million domestic. Oh wow! There's not enough financially to say that he deserves to be head of DC. I don't get it. Let's see the Guardians, the first Guardian. How much did that make? Three. Yeah, he's not known for making um, films that gross a lot of money. So I'm wondering why. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to be. Maybe he'll do a a great job at DC, but from the numbers, right? I want films that he directed himself. All the films I'm looking at, where he directed himself, none of them have grossed a billion dollars or close to it. That he's directed himself. Let me let me clarify that, because somebody will be like, "Oh, he was a producer for a soul side subject." He has not grossed any of that. And when you take out Guardians of the Galaxy, and you look at his own stuff. A lot of his shit has not, it's not really even, oh my god, the stuff doesn't, it, I don't have faith in James Gunn, I think a lot of the faith that people have in James Gunn comes from the idea that he did Guardians of the Galaxy and in the minds of the people it's a good movie. Three good movies at a already successful studio, that is Marvel Studios, doesn't warrant you being head of the creative team. Peacemaker is a great show. It's not Superman. It's not Batman. It's not Wonder Woman. There's not enough here to say that he's the guy. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Let me do a search on Kevin Feige, right? He's president of Marvel Studios. Kevin Feige is president of Marvel Studios. Right? Let's look at his career. Uh, he was an executive producer from, for, on X-Men 1. Because uh, he had knowledge of the Marvel Universe. Um, so he already had like, he was already into like comics and stuff, which is okay, cool. So he was with, and X, the first X-Men film was pretty great, so. Alright. Yeah, well. He's, he has a lot of producer credits. I don't know. I don't. I don't think James Gunn is the dude, bro. I haven't seen enough. I think a lot of people have given him a lot more leeway than he deserves. If you're hearing any any uh, noise in the back, it's the fans. I'm hoping that the um, application doesn't good job of cutting out that noise 
I need to get myself a like a, a, a M1 Mac or some or some shit. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm no longer even looking at it. I don't know. I think I don't think James Gunn is the dude, bro. I don't think he's has enough to say that he can make. Cause at the end of the day, it's about revenue, right? It's about revenue. To be very honest with you, I think DC made a misstep when they just gave up after BVS, because BVS was not a um, a, a commercial flop; it was a critical flop. People act like the movies didn't make money. The movies made money. The movies made money. But I want to be clear on that. The movies made money. They made profit. I saw a video today of somebody talking about um, such and such movie not making profit and that it, total misinformation. So if, if that was the, the case, right, and it's because of profit, like let's, we're going off of that argument that because of profit, why would you give the person who's made you negative profit to where you lost money, you lost millions of dollars making this movie that this person, yeah, you got a critical claim, but you made less money doing this movie than Black Adam. You've made so much less money that you have a, a deficit as a result of making that movie. Why would you make him the head of the studio? As well as when he doesn't have a track record of making a billion dollar film. It makes zero sense. I think it was the wrong move. I think people did not, people should look into his resume better and then like check and then say like, yo, maybe he's not the guy. Maybe he wasn't the guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. James Gunn has made obscure characters likable. That's cool. And he also remember that in order to make those characters likable, he had to retool some of those characters to become, um, completely different than the source material and some of them like Dra Drax is a total joke of a character even the, the actor who plays Drax doesn't like the light that he's been shown it he's just a joke so like yeah it's a like these are likable movies that are given leeway because they're part of I would I highly doubt that if he made the same kind of movies for DC that they would be as well received as they are from Marvel and that's because Marvel already established a working interconnected universe that wasn't even perfect in the beginning but they just kept going and that's the difference between DC and Marvel it's not that DC made horrible films that were just irredeemable is that DC when the criticism came they expected they expected everybody to love the films that they made Warner Brothers we expected everybody to love the films instead of keeping at it. So when you come out with Wonder Woman, everybody is praising Wonder Woman. Then you come out with Wonder Woman 84 as a movie. And after you come out with Wonder Woman 84, you, you make it a totally different tone than what was already tried and tested. People didn't like the third act. And that should have been a hint. Mind you, it was Zack Snyder who wrote the, the film. But people don't want to acknowledge that. He's such a horrible person. when he's, uh, But when he's writing the films that everybody is giving critical acclaim to, 
then all of a sudden there's amnesia as to who wrote the film. You see, I don't know. I don't know how he was. It was allowed for people to demonize this one person and make him the scapegoat for failure when actually he was the best chance of success. And here we are. Now we have um, James Gunn. And James Gunn getting rid of Henry Cavill. People are saying it's a good idea. It was a horrible idea. Because and I'm going to tell you why it's a horrible idea to get rid of Henry Cavill. And why he deserved better. So the fan base of DC has been split. But one thing that is unanimous is that people like Henry Cavill. They like the casting of a lot of the characters. They just want a, a movie that they can all universally enjoy. That's been the problem with DC. It's not that the movies aren't good. It's that a large amount of people want something that is more universally acceptable to them all. It's impossible to get that. But you can get pretty damn close if you write it a certain way. Now, instead of doing that, and following through with your promise, you keep changing up the, shifting up the tone, uh, changing up the characters. This is what you keep doing. All right. You see that now bringing Black Adam, even though Black Adam I think was a mistake because it was just rushed and not really well written, but some people love it. More power to those people. You see that people are rushing to the theater. And, and 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 supporting Black Adam because Henry Cavill is back. This is the biggest, most exciting thing online and in real life for DC fans in a long time. DC fans have not been excited for the movies. They 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 are not, like people were tired, and some people were like, okay, Black Adam is the last chance. It's, it's, if this one isn't it, we're not coming back. This, that's what happened. You, re, you bring back Henry Cavill. The internet is set ablaze. Everybody's happy. You know, you look at that and you're like, okay, wow. All right. People are happy with this. This DC is finally getting back on track. After that, it's simple. The direction is simple. Capitalize off of it. Bring back stories with Henry Cavill, with all these guys that people will like. You friggin' call back Snyder as a consultant. That's not what they do. You know what they do? They're gonna fire the guy that brought back excitement in a fail in, 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 in a failing studio. They brought back, he brought back his seven for a filling studio and they fired the guy. That's what DC decides to do. How is that a good strategy? Just simply people saying, oh, well, we need a course correct. People will give, make any excuse because they think the answer is right when it is so obviously wrong. People wanted Henry Cavill. There are people people want to pay for the movies that you are gonna put out. Wanted Henry Cavill, and you fired him because a dude who made the, you less money 
than the film that Henry Cavill was originally in. Says so. On an untested product. He says he's going to bring out a new movie. With an, uh, with an unknown cast. Unknown story. Which we don't know whether it will do well or not. This, this is the, the company that wants to make money. This is a, Warner Brothers. Is even if it's DC Studios, it's Warner Brothers. They want to make money, and their idea is to put a man who made them the least money out of all of the directors they've worked with. They put him in charge, and he makes the decision to take the highest-grossing Superman and fire him, a fan favorite. And people will rationalize it and say it's a good idea without thinking of the consequences. We're talking about a fan base that is so divided, but can only they can but can agree on one thing. You have the people who hate Snyder. You have the people who love Snyder. You have the people in between who don't really care either way. All three of factions of DC likes Henry Cavill. They all want Henry Cavill back. They might not agree on on Snyder, but they love Cavill. Your bright idea is to bring Henry Cav is to take Henry Cavill out of the picture, so that you can write a script. That's disrespectful. As a DC fan, people are gonna look at that, interpret. You know how they're gonna interpret that? They're gonna say, and they might. You took away something I wanted so you could write your own script. That's basically what it looks like. You better hope to God that that script is damn near perfect. Because no amount of pandering from the media is going to save you from the onslaught of the fans. Superman is an IP that has been proven. Time and time again, I read the numbers in the beginning of the podcast. We broke the numbers down. I told you and I showed you that this is the Superman movie that made the most money. That one made the most money. For all the people who keep saying we, we like Chris, the nostalgia. Let me warn you. One, let, me, let me tell you one thing. That people don't understand. Fans would use nostalgia as a talking point to make it seem as though things are what they are, but they are not as they seem. Christopher Reeve Superman is loved, but he before Christopher Reeve, God rest his soul, passed away. People did not like those movies like that. Let me be very let me be very clear. People did not like those movies like that. The idea, there's a, a misguided idea, there's a misconception that the Christopher Reeves movies were loved, universally loved, and that everybody just loved Christopher Reeves. People felt bad for him because of the accident. And after they felt bad for him because of the accident, that, gave, that made people look at super, the Superman movies that came out differently and when he passed away the nostalgia 
made us feel as though this thing is what he did. This is the movie he's... We don't know him for anything else. We know him for that for those movies. And it's and is, is usually agreed upon that apart from the first one, the rest were not that great. Those are cult classics. Those are not good movies. Don't confuse a cult classic with a good movie. It didn't perf- they didn't perform super well. They are not people you don't even they're refer- they're referenced by Family Guy. The reference my family guy, bro. Don't don't go and think that because those movies nostalgia makes people say Christopher Reeve this, Christopher Reeve that. We haven't had any other successful Superman movie. The Brandon Ralph one, they spent two hundred million dollars. Uh, they spent two and a half, uh, uh, two, like two hundred and fifty uh million dollars on on the budget around, around that amount of money which is similar to the amount of money that they spend on Man of Steel and people didn't like that movie they felt like there wasn't enough fights that was the listen to the criticism there wasn't enough fights that's the criticism of Brendan Ralph's movie Snyder gave you you gave people that it didn't make a billion dollars but it 668 million dollars is a hell of a lot more than $300 million. It's a hell of a lot more than uh, shit. I think it made as much or more than the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And this is a with an, uh, an IRP that is not really profitable like that. This is the test run. If they had gone with Man of Steel 2, it definitely would have grossed more money than $600 million. Most definitely. The same way that the Iron Man movies, the first one that came out was around $300 million. That it, gro- it grossed around $300, $400 million. And then from there, the movies after that skyrocketed. It's been, it, what we've seen is that when you strengthen the what's going when you um, put the movies out and it, you solidify it in the minds of the people, not everybody's going to like it at first. You keep going, the, the character just becomes synonymous with the person. And because the old stories are overarching, people want to see the next story, the next movie, so that they can fit in the blanks, fill in the blanks of uh, the previous one. If they had stuck with that formula, we wouldn't be talking about this right now. But you have people, suckers like Walter Armada and other uh, execs at, uh, at Warner Media or whoever, pulling things behind, uh, they were pulling strings behind the scenes and making things unbearable. Bringing in Josh Whedon was a huge mistake. You take the Avengers movie out of the... The Avengers movie wasn't good. You take it out of the MCU. And if it was a standalone movie... If you made a cartoon... With the same plot, same acting... It would have been panned universally. That movie is not a good movie. The first Avengers movie was not a good movie. It was a hype movie. It was a posse cut. And people, the thing is, people want to make you take a lot of individual Marvel movies out of the MCU. For example, you take Captain Marvel out of the MCU. Captain Marvel made a billion dollars. Captain Marvel is 
universally accepted as not a good movie. It's generally accepted. Even the people who it was pandering to don't like that movie. So, I mean, I'm ranting on and on and I can keep ranting on and on. And all I'll say, let me end it by saying this. One, James Gunn doesn't have the resume to to warrant him being president of a studio, for one. Also, there's an asterisk with his quote-unquote um, scandal that happened, but you can't hold a man's past over him like that, I, I guess, even though they're, we're doing it to Ezra Miller. But it's different different situations, too. So Two, you've uh, t- essentially taken all... You've taken the hype the last bit of hype that you've had that DC has had in a long time you, you've taken that hype away and just thrown it to the rubbish and also you have how stupid is it to announce that um, Henry Cavill is not Superman anymore and there won't be any of his cameos in the upcoming movies slated for next year and you want to make profit and you still think that James Gunn is a good idea it's not I think James Gunn was the worst choice to bring back at this time. If it, if they really wanted to bring James Gunn back, they should have released The Flash first, made the Flashpoint movie a course reset. James Gunn should not be on Twitter either, but he he's gonna learn the hard way. He thinks he's Elon Musk. Um. They should have made sure they got rid of all of the, like all of that stuff. Like they should have gotten rid of everything while while doing that, while preparing for the Flash movie. He should have been working behind the scenes, come out with a slate of movies, and use that time. Like we should have had maybe at least a few movies, and then give give Henry Cavill one more movie, at least give him one more movie. You know, if they wanted, they could have pushed the flashback again if they wanted to. Because that would, by that time, maybe people's idea of Ezra Miller might have cooled down a little bit. And maybe give, give us one more Justice League or something. And the end of that, flash, uh, the flash resets the timeline. He's suddenly recast and everybody else looks different. Nobody would bat an eye. Then even if you get rid of Henry Cavill, then you know at least, okay, fine. We got rid of Cavill. People would be like, we got rid of Cavill, but we understand why. Now you're just throwing him away. You have movies slated for next year that you have spent millions of dollars on. You spent millions of dollars on. And it's now guaranteed that most of them probably won't even break even. There'll probably be a flop because the cameos are now cut from those movies, according to sources. And even if the cameos weren't, do you imagine how angry fans would be in the theaters looking up and seeing these characters and they're like, wow, we're never going to see these. So what do you, what was even the point? 
somehow I kind of feel sorry for James Gunn because it's kind of like Warner Media put him in a position where he was in a rock between in between a rock and a hard place. Because even though I think that you know he doesn't really have a track record, like the track record thing, I, I'll, I'll stick my life on that comment. But apart from that, even though he doesn't have the track record, I don't think that he deserves to be um, in the situation that he's in right now. And it's kind of like, he's a he's a creative. He's a creative guy. So, imagine being as creative as him and then having, having um, Snyder, the Snyderverse shadow over your head. And the Snyderverse is not going anywhere. The, I mean, the, the, the fans, the Snyderverse fans, you you just made it worse. Now you just made it worse. And also the I people who think that they're just a bunch of bots online and they don't exist in the real world, that kind of that line of thinking is grave error, very grave misstep. Cause these are real people and a lot of them <laughs> a lot of them are pissed. So yeah, you know, I'm gonna end the whole James Gunn conversation because I think I got most of what I wanted to get off off of my chest, off of my chest. And then uh, let's talk about this old um, Tory Lanez make the stallion thing. So uh, shit. I, I mean, I spoke about it. Um, Months ago, I haven't brought it back up because I wanted I wanted things to cool down. I mean, the transcripts were out online. Everything that's been out on, uh, on that you're hearing in the media was on in the transcripts and in majority of the same fashion. Uh, the media is playing the same game that they've been playing. The mainstream media they they report selective bits of information at certain points in time. And it makes one side look a lot more plausible than the other. The media bias is incredible. Incredible. And there's a lot of things that have happened. So in on, on, on Monday, I'm too, way too invested in this story. It's not healthy at all. Uh, and I think a lot of people who are well, just like me should like rethink a lot of our we gotta rethink our priorities but anyway uh, Monday uh, opening statements the prosecution talked about you know the dance pitch comment which has not been corroborated by any other person uh, they you know gave their opening arguments they interviewed I think five people on Monday uh, I'm not looking at a piece of paper so I might get some of the details wrong um, the um, defense argues that you know they have a witness that saw you know Kelsey as the shooter, and they what's it called? They refute all the claims, and they are confident that he will be exonerated of all of all, of, of the things that he's been accused of. The prosecution don't seem to have done their due diligence in terms of of um, you know uh, detective work 
it seems very shoddy. There's a lot of shoddy police work. A lot of the defense that they call, uh, not defense, but witnesses that they call, it seems ill-prepared. And all I should say is they, they should be ashamed of themselves. Because if, for me personally, I think um, what happened to Meg, very unfortunate. Whatever happened to her. However, that being said, if she truly deserves justice, they have not done their due diligence to make sure that she she, was, she got her justice. Shoddy work. Um, no, no sense of urgency. No sense of preparation. No sense of um, any type of no sense of like just no sense. <laughs> Let me just say it there. And you know, Tori's Tori's defense team are doing exactly what they're supposed to do, and that's defend their team. And people have a lot of dumb questions like why why her uh, sex life is being any anything is uh, there's nothing off limits. You're accusing this man of doing something that will cost him uh, a huge portion of his life if if convicted. He's going to fight tooth and nail. Shit, I mean, he hasn't even taken the stand, so he's not even going as hard as he probably could. You know what I mean? So you better hope that whatever you said is... Here's what people don't understand. When people... When you go to the court and you're facing trial, right? It's the state... And it's the state coming after you. It's the burden of proof that is placed on the state. To make sure that whatever the person is accused of is 100% accurate. Now, it's not, the, the law doesn't always get it right. However, that's the premise. That's the ideology that the justice system is built on. It's not built on your feelings or how who you like better as a musician. It's built on the fact that until you can prove it, that person who you are accusing is innocent and needs to be treated as such. You can't go and call him guilty. It's like everybody forgot about that. People treated this man like shit for the last two years. He's lost money. People want to act like he didn't lose shit. And that somehow he went from having like 27 million active listeners on Spotify to now having 17. And you want to talk about his career is, is, is it has been boosted. People don't want to work with him. People constantly wishing death on him and on all fairness as well people have been wishing death on, on Meg which is why I say yo we, we too invested in this shit and a lot of us need to get our uh, priorities together bro cause like wishing death on somebody you don't know because somebody you don't know told you something about the person you don't know is stupid however like the, and also a lot of the discourse making this a black man versus black woman type thing incredibly stupid shit but that's the internet nowadays you know and people want to attach their personal trauma to another person just just because because they because trauma bonding man it's ridiculous at this point and i think that a lot of a lot of people need to like reevaluate their priorities myself included because we don't know these people 
for all you know, they are all in cahoots together and they're all planning this shit. You never know what's going on with people nowadays, man. And crazier things have happened. However, I mean, if this dude is really gonna go away, you're gonna take this man from his son. Asking questions like, what does this and that have to do with, with something when it's part of the story? It's kind of ridiculous. You don't, we need to start acting like when, when people's lives are at stake, that you still deserve some kind of special treatment, man. Um, I think on Tuesday, they called up, uh, they called up Megan Stella on Tuesday. She came, you know, did her thing. People, people felt she was a convincing star witness. You know what I mean? Key witness being Kelsey came up on Wednesday. Nobody knew that she was talking to the DA in September. And she went and said, you know, some stuff to the DA saying that she saw Tory Lanez shoot Megan the Stallion and, and uh, she gave a whole spiel about it. If you want to, um, if you want to go and like hear a more detailed version, there's Milagro Ground on IG or Mob Radio. That's that's her uh, another one of her pages. She goes into detail because a lot of the other people who report on it seem to not report like certain key details that will give you a, a more clearer view. And then there's also Dennis Byron. There are other people who report on it, but I don't really. I feel like they don't seem to paint a full picture of what's going on. Very selective what they say and how they say it and when they say it. Compared to other people. But that's my personal opinion on that. Yeah, Kelsey, Kelsey has, um, Kelsey, the best friend who was there, Megan Thee Stallion has an immunity deal. I don't know. Why would you need an immunity deal if you you just witnessed a crime? If you witnessed a crime, why do you need an immunity deal? But she was granted a, a, I think it was use immunity, not transactional. So she she cannot, she can't perjure herself. She can't lie on the stand. If they find out that she's lying, she can't go to jail for perjury. That is why for example, Lil' Kim went to jail. Because she perjured, perjured herself on the stand. But if you listen to... if this, the, the thing is, how she recounts events... Still... And, and even prosecution's recounting of events. And Meg Thee Stallion's recounting of events. They don't... There's a lot of inconsistencies between the three. I should even say four because Kelsey went and... Re, said what she said in September was false and that she never saw Tory Lanez with a gun let me pause the the podcast and we're gonna start we gotta restart it up because the timer is messed Alright, second segment right here. So I was leaving off on this whole case shit. So second segment. 
So Kelsey repented most of what she said and basically admitted to lying. She now has immunity. This thing, you can't tell me that this shit wasn't written by Tyler Perry or some shit, man. I'm sure that after this court, this court case is over, there's going to be a major book deal for all the people involved. There's going to be movies. I can I can say that for Tory Lanez, if, if he manages to beat the case, where his career is, it, it can only go up from there. I don't think... I don't think people are going to stop fucking with him because all the people who stopped fucking with him already don't fuck with him no more. For Meg Thee Stallion, I think it's pretty much guaranteed that she she's not going to be Meg Thee Stallion after this. It's, it's pretty much over. All the things that were said in court, uh, I don't know. And... Kelsey, I mean, she was never a celebrity. So, she'll probably get a book deal. You know, call it probably call it why I, why, why I did what I did. The Kelsey Nicole story. Um, yeah, man. The day after, that was uh, Thursday. On Thursday, Kelsey came back. Still refuted the stuff that she said in the 2020 September 2022 interview with the DA's office. Um, you know, the defense team did their cross and they kind of try to push her out to to talk to speak to being pressured by the DA, in which she said yes, she was, and that backfired on them because. Today, Friday, what they did is uh, they got permission from the judge who wouldn't have allowed it if it wasn't for the pressure. The judge allowed them to play the whole entire 80-minute interview from 2022. And, you know, they played it. And it sounded damning when it came out. But at the end of the day, the inconsistencies, some of the stuff that they said that didn't make sense. And also the fact that she said it was a lie. When you when the, after the shock that settles, that, the the log, logic settles in and it's kind of like, well, she said it was all a lie, so you you're, it just brings up too much doubt because it's like, do you believe what she said from that time or do you believe what she's saying now? And you understand, and even if you believe what she was saying then, it doesn't add up in certain areas. What Megan said and what Megan said in certain areas doesn't match up with what the prosecution is saying then after that you know the defense brought up a couple witnesses and you find out that the dna on the gun is a match for a woman and it's inconclusive for tory lanes and you can and it's totally ruled out in terms of the magazine so he there's no way he loaded it it wasn't loaded by him it's inconclusive as to whether he handled it even though they're hedging their bet on the fact that he held it and shot five times. They even had a ballistics expert ask how hard you have to to push on it. 
and it takes eight pounds of force. So if it takes eight pounds of force and you really have to grip it and shoot it with intention, it's highly unlikely that he handled the gun at all. They also did not test Kelsey for GSR. I mean, they tested her for GSR. She and Tori both have GSR on them, but they only tested for Tori's uh, DNA. The divide that this case has caused in online and in certain communities and stuff is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And the panderists who are taking advantage and just telling people what they want to hear. And just straight up. And you can tell that, like, listen, he might have done this shit. I find it highly unlikely that he did. Highly unlikely that he did it. With the especially with just listening to the evidence and what we know from the transcripts. It's highly unlikely that he even touched the gun. People are now jumping and saying that he, he must have wiped it down. How? With what? The dude was basically in boxer shorts. His dick? Wiped it down with what? There were bloody towels in the car. What? Might wipe it down with... Uh, what's it called? The bloody towels with Meg's blood on it? It doesn't make sense. The story don't make no sense, bro. Meg says she was eight feet away from the car. You telling me that you an uh, Escalade? This this man who is like five three is standing over the Escalade door in the middle of the night and has perfect aim to shoot you in the feet. That's ridiculous, bro. Shell casings were found in the yard. Ballistics expert is confident that. The shooting happened in the yard. If the shooting happened in... If, the, if, if there was shots fired in the, in the yard... Then... Uh, the whole thing with him... Standing over the car window... Highly... Highly improbable. The, the whole thing is just a mess. There's a, a, a witness claims that the two girls were fighting. They have... Both of them have failed to admit whether they were fighting in the yard or not. It is ridiculous at this point. And um, if it comes, the sad thing is, if it comes out and he's exonerated, people are going to pretend as if, well, it is what it is. Because he's a dude. And that's the times we live in. And it's scary. It, if you have a son, especially a black son, and you look at this, and you don't feel some kind of way and be like, yo, that could be me in that situation. And I'm not saying he's innocent. I can't speak to that yet. You know what I'm saying? But from the look of things he's walking and from the look of things, he's innocent. So if it turns out that he is and you have a kid and he's a black kid, and you know that now... Like these women, these women have spread this idea of protect black women and this and, and made it into a marketing thing, even though Kelsey is also a black woman, but fuck her, right? That's what the mindset of the people online is. It's like, I, I, 
I'm convinced I need to delete my Twitter. And I'm gonna, I don't know, I'm just gonna get rid of my Twitter. And hopefully, you know, that'll save me some, some heartache and, and anxiety because it makes zero sense what people are saying, man. And if you, if as a young person, man, you're a young black man, you look at this case and you're like, wow, that could be you, bro. It could be any of us. And because of this, these um, ideologies, some of which I understand why they exist, but they're not implemented fairly. Is this like a lot of trauma dumping happening on, on online? People with a lot of past unresolved traumas that need to go seek therapy are very fond of uh, taking their trauma and putting it online. And people latch on to these uh, trauma, traumatic dumps that people have online and make it their problem. And then because they're all trauma dumping and then finding commonalities within the trauma dump, they start saying stuff and trying to validate whatever feelings they have. And when their feelings feel, are, they, when they, they, there's mutual validation, even in a fallacy, then you have chaos, man. Then people just spewing any kind of rhetoric and not thinking about the repercussions of the rhetoric that they're spewing. And somebody's life is in, in, in jeopardy. Your, your, the life you live could be in jeopardy because somebody is, somebody feels like their trauma is that valid. That, so because somebody did something to somebody, we have to suffer for it. That's, that's my problem now. Now I have to be now I have to deal with the problems. Meanwhile, it's your issue. Has nothing to do with me. Has nothing to do with anything. You, the trauma dumps, man. The, the society we've created, and these ideologies that are purely are very obviously flawed, but because they feel good, validated. That's, that's these things are going to destroy society. It's going to destroy the self-esteem of um, a lot of people. People know it's fucked up. And they're just going to pretend like, hey, man, we got to do something. This is how you protect black women. By having a, a situation where one person tells a, a, an obviously uh, flawed story concerning another person. And we just dump on the other person. Meanwhile, though, we want justice. We claim we want justice. Is and then we what's it called? People are saying, "Why can't you just believe me?" You can't just believe somebody. That's not how justice works. And the fact that you want me to believe you at the expense of somebody else's life, just because you're a woman, speaks to how vile you are as a human being. I should just believe you. You told me something. I should just believe you. I'm not your father. I'm not your brother. I'm just, I'm, 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 yeah, I should just believe you. And then fuck this guy's career. Fuck this guy's life. His son, good to hell with his son. It's ridiculous. And you see people who are supposed to be prominent people 
spewing this bullshit, this trash of an ideology. You don't protect women by lying. You don't protect women by jeopardizing the lives of innocent people just to make somebody feel good. You get to this, when people are accused of something, you get to the truth. And the truth should be paramount. It should be the only thing on our minds, finding out what really happened so we know how to deal with it. And it, it, it should be telling to you that when a person says that this happened to me and we don't, they don't want us to investigate the occurrence. People are saying now women are going to be scared to speak out. If you have been victimized, we sympathize. Human, we were, as human beings, we will sympathize with you. However, it's incredibly stupid to think that just because you've been victimized, we now have to just believe you and, and to hell with whoever you're accusing of doing something to you. Do you know how many, with that ideology alone, do you know how many people have historically been put in jail under false pretense just because somebody felt like they were attacked? It's ridiculous at this point. And then to let it destroy a community in such a way because of weird feelings, trauma dumping, and it is a sad 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 world we're living in right now you don't need to be people don't need to believe you because you're a woman just the same way nobody needs to believe you because you're a man we need to believe you if what you're saying is the truth and if what you're saying is the truth then you should give you should be forthcoming with every bit of evidence to make sure that we get the right person and get you your justice. That is the truth. Because if we're going after people just based on rumors, just based on hearsay, that is not justice. That's mob. That, that, that's mob justice. And that's what we've done. And with people whose lives, their livelihood has been destroyed, their reputation tarnished. And because of this trauma culture that we live in now, People can still boldly go and talk about people and call them abusers and say this person is this and that. All because another person, and sometimes in some of these situations, this person has received their justice. They've made peace with the issue and people want to bring up the issue again because it doesn't sit right. You, you people are disgusting. Well, uh, we're creating a society where people cannot learn from their mistakes. A society where people can just be blamed and we should just believe it willy-nilly in the name of uh, protecting certain groups of people is ridiculous. It is, a, it is ridiculous. If you have been a victim of something, sympathy is what you deserve. But you must let the law take its course. Otherwise, we don't have a society anymore. And if you're opposed to that, then you're an enemy of justice. And you're a fool. Most That's the most important thing I need to say. You are more than a fool. If some, you have... If somebody has done something to you, you must let the law take its course and, and allow it 
allow the, the, the law to, and you have the right to appeal. There are things set in place. Let the tools work, especially when you have two privileged individuals like what we're talking about. Two rich individuals, one with a huge conglomerate backing her. It's ridiculous at this point, man. It's ridiculous. I've let it affect me too much, even for myself, to where I feel like. But sometimes it's like you see yourself in a certain situation. It's like you, you want to take it on, but at the same time, I don't have a, I don't have a dog in this fight. I only believe a story. I've only heard the story, and I, I don't believe it. I don't. I just don't believe that the course of events happened the way it was said. And I think that more information. And the sad thing is, the funny thing is, that's all most people said. And people ran with that and made it seem as if somebody just wasn't being believed at all. No. You can't come to the person and tell them a story that doesn't make sense and doesn't line up. Then ask, ask questions. And then that person tells you, well, you just have to believe me. And then you don't look at that as a red flag. That's a red flag. That's a big red flag. Fuck that. And if that's what you believe, fuck you, bro. You should just listen to people when they tell you something. What, what kind of flawed logic is that, man? Ridiculous. But yeah, man, that's that's all I got to say on that, man. We're going to find out eventually. I think he's going to walk. I think that he probably didn't. If the DNA isn't on the ship, bro, come on. What are we even doing here? I, I just hope they get the... What's it called? Witness out there. If the my thing is, if that witness comes out there and says that he saw the two women fighting, those two women need to be back in court. Those two women need to be back in court if if they if it's said. And then the, what's it called? The LAPD needs to be sued. Should I even support Meg suing them for botching this shit and not doing? That do diligence. Because if she really feels and believes that this is what happened to her, she needs to make sure that she gets her justice, man. You also should maybe file a civil uh, civil suit. If if you really feel like this dude did this, file a civil suit. And go get you some justice. You know what I'm saying? And the same way, if he feels like, like after this, if he walks... And he's free to go. He needs to file a civil suit immediately. And go and get his money back, man. Go get his money back. Because if you really, what's it called? If you really innocent of all this, this is not acceptable, bro. This is not acceptable. You're going to rip a man from his kid because of what? And the stupid people out here asking, why, would, why, do, why does anybody lie? That's a stupid question. Why would she lie? That's a stupid question. Why would anybody lie, bro? There's never been... Lying has never been a big, about, about uh, what's called uh, rationale or nothing about it. It's a thing. It's a, it's a defense mechanism. You never know. You know what I'm saying? You might have just said some shit. And you just got to run with it because the shit just makes sense to you at the time. You know what I'm saying? And that might be what happened with her. So, I, I, I can't tell... You know what I'm saying? None of us were there. 
But if, if it come out, if the truth come out and we find out old boy did it, fuck him. If it, you know what I'm saying? And Meg deserves her apology. If we find out that she, he really didn't do this shit, which I feel he didn't. I gotta let, I gotta let that be known. And he can prove that he didn't do that shit. And it's proven that these two chicks were scrapping and they tried to pop each other. Pause. Then, yo, the, whatever happened them two years that we dragged old boy, we got to do the same thing to these people, man. Expeditiously. Expeditiously. But anyway, I'm going to leave it at that, man. As late as it is, this is an hour and, what, 20 minutes right now? We're just going to leave it as as is and then we'll retreat for the next day, man. We're going to call this... Like this case isn't it's adjourned I guess that's the terminology <laughs> you know I said I was going to talk about some AI stuff I'll, I'll save it for another segment maybe an Instagram live or something else but I'm going to just leave this here and I appreciate you if you've been rocking with me I saw the uh, Spotify um, I saw my Spotify I forget what it's called but the end of year thing and the numbers seem to be okay, man, for a podcast that I'm not really um, consistent with. I just appreciate anybody who takes their time to listen at all. Yeah, any any and all of you are appreciated. You know, I know that um, it hasn't really been consistent enough. But in 2023, hopefully, I, I get my shit together and then we get... You get like at least at least weekly episodes, you know, just to get that consistency up, and you know, probably some YouTube and some other stuff. Um, so yeah, the, the year is almost over. I might get another episode in before the year ends, and hopefully, you know, I'll I'll start probably season three in 2023, and then. You know, try and go big with that. And have a few guests and uh, some other stuff. We had a, I think, a few guests this year. Shout out to anybody who came in and had a discussion with me in whatever form or fashion it was. So, with that being said, it is 5 a.m. in Toronto. Sounds like a Drake song. What is it? I don't, I'm not trying to reference one. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to me. Even if you disagree, it is what it is. God bless. Good night.